Hello and welcome back to Cast Me to Hell, this time with me, Robbie. Unfortunately, Seb's not here, as his uh, beautiful daughter was born earlier this week. So he is taking a short little week of paternity leave from Cast Me to Hell. So I thought I'd just briefly kind of run through a film that I'd be looking forward to. And that is Christmas Bloody Christmas, which was released today in limited theatres in America and on Shudder the rest of the the rest of the world as well as america so christmas bloody christmas was directed by joe begos written and produced by him and he's best known for bliss and vfw i always feel like i'm gonna mess up when i say that so the plot of the film is about military robots that have been repurposed to replace the local degenerate santas at christmas malls you know if you've seen bad santa those dudes fuck about um so they brought in military robots that are going to do all of their duties however some of them start reverting back to their previous programming and we follow as one starts to slash its way through a small town on christmas eve so i just thought i would go through the good the okay and the not so good of the film just my kind of initial reaction to this film it was something i was looking forward to i'm always a big fan of the whole robots going mental uh, <laughs> genre i guess you'd say so it's it was a film i was looking forward to so just to kind of jump straight into it the good of the film uh it opens up with some really cool kind of fake adverts it almost reminded me of you know when tarantino robert rodriguez did the grindhouse films and they had the fake trailers we open up with some quite cool fake adverts uh, another thing of the film is that joe begos films generally tend to be very stylized with this kind of neon light 80s aesthetic to them if you're into that kind of thing then this will definitely tickle your fancy um though i kind of felt that as the film went on and we got rid of this kind of i guess you'd call it a filter maybe i'm not sure that's what it kind of looked like I actually felt it looked a bit stronger once we got away from some of the extremes of the neon reds and blues. We've got a banging synthwave track, which is kind of rising, riding high at the moment and riding high particularly in this film. It suits the film and you get all of your usual kind of notes, bumps and zzz when the killer's about, you know, uh, beautiful kind of underlaying stuff as we build tension. We get quite a lot of a uh, killer point of view, which is a throwback to the you know the golden age of slashes that I'm a massive fan of, and the practical effects in the film are really fun. There's a great level of gore. We get people getting their heads chopped, you know, chopped off. We get people getting their heads stomped. We get people getting chopped in half, which always looks really cool and it's it's kind of beautifully well done. I think a large chunk of the film's budget probably went onto the practical effects and the gore which if you're doing a horror film and you're making it low budget and kind of i heard somebody on letterbox call it santa exploitation you know it's it's that kind of throwback vibe it that's where you're going to want your budget to go really and the third act of the film is very terminator-esque you get a final battle which is well shot and fun the battle damage santa itself is really pretty cool looking and has the potential to kind of become this cool reoccurring character there's also uh, as with any kind of good terminator or good robot machine it's a hard motherfucker to put down so there's a lot of kind of shotgun shells flying there's a lot of action and there's a lot of damage being done to this thing towards the end 
and eventually as you know as it takes more damage it starts to reveal itself to look more like a robot which looks really cool if anything one of the main drawbacks i felt is that for a large chunk of the film it does feel as if it's very much just a man in a santa costume running around so moving on to the okay as i've literally just put it in my notes the okay um the dialogue is so so um it does have a modern feel where there's lots of witty banter between characters um and there's a swear word in every other line of dialogue uh, but the performances are strong enough that whilst i never really kind of endeared to the main characters in tory and robbie I didn't really find them quite as unlikable as I would have if they weren't played so well. One good thing about Joe Bagos films is that he often gets good actors to play characters which generally seem kind of unlikable or gruff and grizzled, but because he usually gets good actors behind them, you kind of don't hate them so much and kind of find them a little bit endearing. Um, and the not so, you know, the, the so-so, I guess I'd say, is that the overuse of Neon did kind of get in the way of what I felt was a really good second act. We'd had uh, quite a cool build-up. It doesn't take long before this uh, train gets going. Shortly, maybe 10 minutes into the film, the, the robot goes haywire and we start to kind of pick things up. So it gets into it quite good, but there's quite a good almost claustrophobic second act uh, which also features a nice cameo from Matt Mercer so if there's any uh, critical role nerds or D&D nerds like myself that was quite a cool nod and he does get a very gruesome death maybe one of my favorite deaths in the film Um, but for me this kind of heavy neon made it hard to see what was going on at times and I get it's a stylistic choice but for me it felt quite quite heavy to watch Um, and jumping into the not so good the film covers its low budget pretty well but there are moments where you can clearly see that it's it's a pretty low budget film Uh, the main one that kind of stuck out to me was when the characters are in a bar which i don't know if it was the exact same bar as from uh, vwf but it looked pretty similar Um, and they were in this bar there was a massive kind of red neon lights on people's faces And on the main characters, we could see their face pretty clearly. But when it came to the barman, you couldn't make out any of his facial features in it. It kind of looked pretty laughable, to be honest. Um, Another way in which the film feels very low budget is that the general emptiness that the film itself has. We get a handful of characters and we get some side characters. And like I said, main bulk of the main cast is relatively well acted and they carry the characters relatively well but outside of that it kind of feels a bit empty um there's buildings and there's streets but there's not really any one in them and it doesn't really seem as if there's any life in the town um and i don't mean that as kind of a slight on the film because it is it is relatively low budget and maybe i went into it expecting it to be slightly higher budget you know expecting there to be maybe people walking the streets or people in shops in the background but there wasn't really any kind of that or there wasn't any really day shots either um so maybe that's just my own misunderstanding going into the film and one other thing that kind of stuck out to me is that as the film carries on the dialogue at least between the main two characters, Robbie and Tara, Tory story, started to get pretty grating. Um, there were some great moments where it actually felt like genuine dialogue. So there was a joke about pegging, <laughs> which was great. There was some other kind of stuff where they were talking about his car. 
But then there were lines where every other line had the word fucking in it or cunt in it. And it, it kind of reminded me of like, you know, when you were like a 13, 14 years old emo and you thought swearing was really cool. So you just swore all the time and it kind of loses a bit of its emphasis. I know that probably makes me sound really prudish, but it just stuck out to me as something which kind of got a bit grating as the film went on. And it just felt like it had maybe been written as like, oh, aren't these guys really cool? You know, everybody's supposed to be so cool in this film. When it kind of just made it, I don't want to say immature, because that, I don't, that doesn't feel right to say, but it just made it feel like these weren't actual characters having a conversation because I don't think I actually know anybody who swears that much, you know? Um, but overall, I think it's a solidly made, uh, tight, compact film. And whilst there's some parts that I wasn't massively on, such as some of the dialogue and a bit too much use of the, of the whole neon washing for me, um, it delivers on the action, it delivers on the gore. Um, when you get in a Terminator kind of inspired Santa Claus film, you're hard pressed to want anything else. So, like I said, this is only kind of my initial reaction to the film. I might watch it again and absolutely love it. I would recommend watching it. So, the what was announced today was that AMC have axed Shudder, which is a shame, I think. Recently, we've had a massive resurgence in horror films, and Shudder's always been a great home for low-budget indie horror films, such as Christmas Bloody Christmas and Bliss, which Joe Bagos did as well. So I would definitely go and support the film because, you know, maybe if they see more people are watching it, they might, you know, they might find that they can get investment elsewhere. But if you've enjoyed this kind of short review, then please leave us a review um, and hit the subscribe button. And we will be back uh, together with a full episode shortly. Take care. Bye bye.